0: Um, so uh, well on, uh, on a, uh, a post-Thanksgiving meal, if you will. And I want to take the saran wrap off of, I don't have the phone if you're trying to send me something. Uh, okay, I, I, I want to thank you for that. I needed that. I want to take the saran wrap off of a very good meal. Amen. And if you know anything about a real good Thanksgiving meal, there's something about eating the collard greens the second day. Yo, Are they better? Are they more seasoned? Uh, those of you who know anything about cooking a good pot of spaghetti, the first day is not the best day. The best day with some spaghetti is about two days later <clears throat> after it sat in that sauce and really, really, really marinated it. Then you got some good spaghetti, amen. And if you're like me, I make spaghetti. My wife makes it so good and she makes me, I'm different, I'm multicultural. So she makes my spaghetti. I have an Italian meal uh, with cornbread. and I, So I have a, a African-American entree with an Italian entree, and I love it. I love her cornbread and spaghetti. In fact, I'd like to have some of that this week there. Amen. So with that in mind, I'm going to take the the dish out the refrigerator and I'm going to pull the saran wrap off of something that I just preached about three weeks ago because God is not done with this. I want to talk again from the thought, what happens when God finds a man? I want to deal with that. And today I want to take it from a different angle and it's going to bless you if you keep up with me. I want to talk today from the thought, you don't know what you're missing. What happens when God finds a man? You don't know what you're missing. Now, we started this uh, lesson off with a very good scripture, very good scripture foundation. And I'll share two of them. Uh, Ezekiel 22 and 30 uh, gave us a revelation on how God, amen, really has to deal with mankind, how he has to relate to mankind. Over in Ezekiel 22. Amen. In sound booth, I did send my notes back. Forgive me for being late on that. But uh, he says, I sought for a man among them who would make up a wall and stand in the gap before me on, uh, on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it. But guys, God says I found no one, which brings into bear the idea that there is a such thing. As God needing a man, needing a person, needing a human being to do his will. I want to say something very profound. Generally speaking, God is not coming down from heaven to do stuff that he needs men to do. You and I are his ambassadors. We are his agents. And when God wants something done in the earth realm, if he wants to build a home for unwed moms, if he wants to build something for men in recovery, if he wants to start a Christian school, amen, God has never himself founded a Christian school. He needed a person to agree with his will and do what he wanted them to do. And so we told you oftentimes God is grabbing at air. Now, I know he's the almighty God and I know God always has a backup. Amen. For every Haman, there's a Mordecai. Are you all listening to me? God will never be without resources for every tide, There is an Esther. Are you all here? Amen. If Moses falls short of getting Amen the people of God into the promised land, there will be a Joshua. Isn't that right? So we should not get arrogant in this lesson, but we should take this lesson very seriously, because if you're like me, I don't want God to use my backup. I don't want God to say that Gabe wouldn't do what I asked him to do. So I had to go to another place. To get it done. I want to be used by God. And I've happened on this revelation that if I just allow God to use me the way he wants me to be used in his kingdom, there are incentives and benefits that he has for me. Everybody say God does need a man. Amen. And he reasons this out in the heavenlies and we see it over in Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, chapter six, verse number eight. And uh, Isaiah began to speak uh, on behalf of God. And he said, also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, who's talking here, y'all? Who's talking? Yeah, he said, I heard the voice of the Lord. So who's getting ready to talk, I should say? The Lord, the Lord. Lord. Can we reason that the Lord is getting ready to talk? Yes. I heard the verse of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then I said, here am I. Send me. Let's get some practice being in the will of God. Everybody say that with me. Here am I. Send me me. whatever God wants you to do. Somebody say, "Here here am I. Send me. That is my proclamation to God. That's how I want God to relate to me when he asked that that profound question. I want to get something done in Charlotte, North Carolina. Who, who will go? Who will I send? I want to be the person that says, here am I. Send me. I believe it was David who said, take my life and pour it out like a drink offering. Paul said, I'm willing to be spent for you, God, and I'm willing to be spent for you, church. And these revelations are crucial to understanding this idea of uh, when God uh, finds and or needs a man. Are you all still here? Now, with that said, as pastors and shepherds, we have a job to recruit people into God's kingdom. That's what we do every Sunday, not only to bring new people in, but to fortify and strengthen those of you who are already in the kingdom of God so that you would understand that there is no other path, no other life, no other way of living that is better than being on the Lord's side. I said something on Thursday night and man, I mean it. I love the Christian life. I don't miss the world. I, like many of you in this room, was the chiefest of sinners. When I was unborn again, you know what I was? A sinner. Amen. I remember the days when I was out there in the world. And I want you to know when I got born again, I traded up. Hallelujah. Life got better when I met Christ. Are you all listening to me? And then he said, he said, I came that you might have life. And how do I want you to have it more abundantly? No, life on the Christian side of things is better than anything that the world has to offer. So we stand as a recruiter every week to fortify the people of God, to strengthen your resolve, to stay with the Lord. The Bible says no man putting his hand to the plow and looking back is what? Fit for the kingdom. And if that's going to occur, if that's going to happen, if we're going to aptly recruit you into the kingdom of God, I believe we got to start dealing with the heart of man. Dealing with your real motives for following God. You can't follow God because life is fair weathered. You can't follow God just because everything is going well. Amen. We can no longer. The Bible says in the last days, they would be lovers of pleasure. More than lovers of God. What if it cost you your life? Would you still love Jesus? I didn't get a lot of amens on that. What if it costs you your reputation with friends? Would you still love Jesus? What if everybody else takes, Amen, a false uh, path, a liberal path, and 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 starts going in a totally different direction? In your bloodline, would you still be devoted to Jesus? Would you stay with Him? And I believe God gave me an assignment today to, yes, when you find a man, there are incentives and we're going to review those again. But first things first, lay a foundation that the people of God must love him with all their soul, with all their strength, with all their mind and with everything that's within them for the right reasons. I'm a buy an amen before this service is up. Can I show it to you? Amen. The Bible says it uh, so well, uh, I believe, over in uh, the book of, if you will, Second Corinthians. And we can look there and we're going to look at a couple of scriptures. I told you we are recruiters. And Paul said something so good and it inspired me as a pastor. He said, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Yeah. Second Corinthians five and eleven, knowing the terror of the Lord, what do we do? We persuade men. You know what apostles and pastors are doing every week if they're doing their job, persuading you to stay with the Lord. If I invited you to church this week and I see some friends I invited to church that actually came, I'm so appreciative of that. And thank you for coming because you know what my job was to persuade somebody to realize that the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is what? Eternal life. I want to persuade some members of this church that 20, 30, 40 years from now, you're still here. Got a lot more health, got a lot more money. But hallelujah, you're still here loving God. Isn't that right? And that's what Paul said. He said, he said, we persuade men. We persuade you not to let depression wipe you out. We persuade you in your marriages to stick with your spouses if you can. Is that right? We persuade our young people to grow up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. We persuade us to not go the way of the world, but to be separate from this world. And that's what Paul said. But pastor, what's this business of the heart? What's this business? Amen. Of of dealing with people to fall in love with God for all the right reasons. I love this. I've been meditating this this week and it has blessed me immensely, man. I thank God for all his blessings. I know they're not going to stop coming because I obey God and he said no good thing will I withhold from them that walk up right before me. But I'm telling you, if my life ever came to a place to where there were no goods, there were no services coming from the Lord and it won't. I would still love God with all my heart, all my soul and all my mind. All I'm trying to teach you today is God, you can depend on me. That's what I'm trying to get down into the people of God today, that you are with God no matter what. Are you all still here? And look at it in verse number 15 of the same text. And man, this just comes on like lightning for me today. Second Corinthians five and 15. Then we're going to get into this concept of you don't know what you're missing. How many are not going to miss out on another thing God has for you? The Bible says it so well, he said, and he died for us all. I thought somebody would shout right there. I said, the Bible said he died for us all. But this is so good. He died for us all that those who live should no longer live for themselves. God, this is good. I said he died that those of us who now live in him should no longer live for ourselves. Is that good, Autry? I will live for myself. Man, if you signed up and worked for one of these great uh, uh, Fortune 500 companies out there, Amen. And you were privileged to be uh, AVP, EVP, or something like that. You you would have certain benefits. You you you're part of a C-suite man. You know you, you're gonna fly first class. You're gonna stay in a JW every time you go somewhere. You you just gonna you, you're gonna you got a, an Amex card that you take with you, and, and you're gonna eat at the finest steakhouses uh, in the land. Amen. Because of the nature of the company you work for, and because you do client facing. They want you to entertain on a certain echelon. They want they don't want you taking their contracts out to any old ranky dink place. Are you all still here? They want you to take them out to the best. But now stay with the example. But while it has incentives, while it has bonus checks, while you have a company card and car, that is not the reason why they hired you. I'm going to get some help in a minute. They really did not hire you for your benefit. (laughs) Benefits came with the position to sustain you. They hired you for God is the same way. God put you on his team. I don't have any problem. Get the finest or whatever you enjoy. And you all have at it. But I put you on my team that you should no longer live for yourself, but for him who died for them and rose again. You are my ambassador. You are in this world to help change a dying world by doing your assignment. Boy, this is a rich word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Get the finest of all vehicles if that's what you enjoy. He gave you, 1 Timothy 6, 17, all things to enjoy. But stick with this revelation. He who died for all, that those who live should no longer what? You're not living for yourself. You are not in this world just to float your boat. You are not here just for your own redemption. Your redemption, not only for eternity, but I'm talking about redemption from lack. Bible says when you've been converted, you are to what? Come on, finish it for me. Strengthen your brother. That offering exhortation I did a few minutes ago. You know what that should do for some people in this room? Strengthen Strengthen what? My brethren that might be in lack, but then heard about kingdom offerings and how those things work. And they get in that system and you see them a year from now and they'll be doing a whole lot better. Are you all with me? It's not just about me. Are you all getting this? And I know this don't make you hang from the chandeliers. But if you're going to be used by God, if you're going to be the man that God finds before we get to all the incentives and the benefits, let's camp out just for a second at this thing called godly motives. The reason why I want God to find me. God, I want you to use me in whatever I do. For your benefit, for your purposes, I'm telling you, you go get the finest of all jobs out there. They're going to load you up with a 401k. You'll have a whatever other plan out there. You'll have critical illness insurance. You'll have you'll have all these things so that they can fix you and get you back to work. That's it. They want to fix you so you can come back. (laughs) For whose benefit? But I mean, man, that, that 120 they pay you a year is a drop in the bucket off of the billions they're going to make right. Right. off of your smarts and contribution to the company over a 20-year period. Wow. They want you to stay. Well, God's the same way. He wants people to get in his kingdom and stay in his kingdom. You know, sometimes I put myself in God's position. I don't say that I call myself the almighty God. I said I put myself in his position. And, 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 I, and I say how frustrating it must be to have invested so much in a person and given them all your goods and built them up and moved them in that fine new home and given them, given them a, a wonderful marriage and all the incentives only to see them go off the cliff. And go the way of the world and spoil five years of Christian discipleship. Spoil 20 years of Christian discipleship. Are you all with me? We ought to quit all the fear weathered in and out stuff we got. That God, I'm with you. You take it from somebody who knows it by experience. Amen. If you read my track record and the things I've stood for, even in this city, standing for the unborn, standing to make sure that men can't go in women's bathrooms. Guys, all that stuff. I don't tell you everything. That stuff comes with persecution. Are you all listening to me? I'm talking about heavy persecution down through the years. Are you listening to me? But there's never been a point in my journey as a pastor where because somebody said something or threatened something or did this or did that, that I ever contemplated leaving God. Not one minute of that. In fact, it's funny to me, but really shake it down. But that's when the real incentives start coming. What did he tell Israel? I took you through the wilderness all this time to test Your heart. Oh, somebody here is going to work through this. I didn't say God tempts you. He doesn't tempt any man, but he will allow you to be in a wilderness so that you and he can know what you're really made out of. And now I can trust you. Come on, Abraham. Take your only son up there and slaughter him. And right before he's getting ready, come through his heart. Amen. God stays his hand. And what's the next thing that God says out of heavenlies? Read your Bible. He says, now I know. Woo, Jesus. Somebody today getting ready to move into now I know status. And the rest is history. Because the Bible says in Genesis 13 that Abraham was very rich in livestock and silver and gold. Man, if you remain loyal to me, God is saying I will bless you beyond your wildest dreams. You'll have more than you ever asked for. You won't lack any good thing because now I know. Hallelujah. And I want to stay in that class with God. I want to stay in a class. Oh, no, 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 no. We want to get something done in Charlotte. Call Gabe. Who will go? Who who shall I send? I want the agents of heaven to say, no, no, we know somebody. Y'all remember remember Pastor Gabe? Yeah, no, remember? Remember? He went down there. He stood for the unborn. Call him. He'll go. He plowed through the scrutiny. Are y'all listening to me? Call them. They'll call that church. Hallelujah. He's not the only rich one in that church. There's some other people down there who want to be blessed too. Call that church down there. There's a church over on the west side, folk that done fell in love with God that said for God we will live and for God we will die if that's what it comes down to. Now I know. Now I know. So see, first things first, we deal with the heart of the matter. We deal with what your real motives are. I think you say what you want. I think that the worst thing a rich person can do on his or her first date is tell the person they're dating what they're worth. I think that's foolish. (laughs) I think you should deny who you are if they pull you up on the Internet and it says 45 million. Oh, no, that ain't me. No, I see you. Your company is worth 450 million. No, that's my I got a brother. Don't lie. I'm just teasing. But I'm saying, you don't tell everybody everything on the front end. You need to know why they want to connect with you. God is the shoo, good God Almighty. I looked to find a man, but couldn't find anybody to do what? To stand in the gap. If you really mean it, come on, somebody say, but God, you can depend on me. See, if we're going to get people really blessed and being used by God, ultimately, we've got to get folk back to the primary reason why you were created. I mean, really, this is going to bless you real good. You were not primarily created to buy a yacht. That's a fringe benefit if you ever get there. But that is not why God primarily created you. Let's put some logic on that. He didn't need to send you down here. If he's going to do that, all the good stuff is in heaven already. You are created down here and you can have his kingdom to come as will be done on earth. You are going to have money. You are going to have the best. But man, you was created to come down here and get God's mission done. That's what God wants. Are you all listening to me? So can we get back to the whole duty of man? There are two things that God told us is our whole duty. And that's over in Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse number 13. And then we're going to get to this business of a hey, man. You don't know what you're missing. I want to tell you about a young man called the rich young ruler. The Bible said, let us hear the what of the whole matter. What is the what is the context of this scripture at the end of the day? You hear me say that a lot on my shorts. When we wrap it all up, fundamentally, at the end of the day, the bottom line is this. God, what is the whole duty of the man? The whole conclusion of the matter. Let's hear it. The whole matter is two things. Number one, fear God. And number two, keep his commandments for this is man's all. King James Version says this is the whole duty of a man is that good y'all every day of my life I ought to make all of my decisions not off of trembling on who God is but based off of reverencing who God is the first thing I should do if you like writing points is I need to develop in the fear of God I mean that is so important that Lord I I'm not gonna miss you come on We talking about you don't even know what you're missing. Right. I'm not going to miss you because I'm going to be careful with my life. I fear missing you. I reverence you. I want to ask you a question. When Jesus was calling the 12 disciples and he got the Bartholomew, Peter, Andrew, James, John, you take your pick. I'm wondering how many of them, if they told him no, how many of them would have had Jesus and his short three year itinerary schedule to circle back and give him another shot. I'm going to show you an example of the fact that we know that the initial 12 only got one shot. And I'm saying when God propositions you or I to do something, do we face it that with that disposition that, Lord, you know what? Uh, I, I'm not going to think and pray on this 10 more weeks. If you are calling me to do this, I fear you enough. I respect you enough. I reverence you enough to say like Isaiah in Isaiah six and eight back to our text. Here am I. Send me. Come on, class. Here am I. Send me. And that means a lot. It's real easy to say that until you have a moment where you got to walk that. Come on. Back in 2019, everybody loved Freddie Hammond's song in 2018, 2017, Jesus Be a Fence. (laughs) That was a great song, wasn't it? Jesus Be a Fence. (laughs) They was killing it. They was rocking it, weren't they? Right? And then when a little bug came by the name of COVID, they started doing those concerts online. That's how much they believed that Jesus... Was a fence. And every pastor that was out there saying, say yeah, which I have no problem with, we found out real good how much yeah you were saying to God. Yeah. When persecution came at the church, by the way, every Walmart was open while churches yeah. were closed. So I guess Walmart believed that Jesus could be a fence more than the church did. Wow. Don't come telling me what we sit close together. No, in Walmart, they picking up fruit and putting it back. I don't want this peach putting it back. Walking down the same aisle, breathing over Chef Boyardee together. There's plenty of, uh, of communicable conditions in, in, in those stores. Abortion clinics stayed open The alcohol, ABC stores, North Carolina never got closed. But many of our churches let this crazy world convince us that we should shut down the power centers, shut down where people are going to be healed anyway, shut down where people are going to learn Psalm 91. Are you listening to me? And everybody's good at saying that stuff until you're a pastor and the news calls you and law enforcement calls you. And they start threatening that if you open up again, you might have this happen. You could get fined, could go to jail. Well, what I did under those conditions is I got up every Sunday and said, Jesus is Lord. Amen. 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 And uh, I preach under the climate. You don't have to say Amen. I preach under the climate of an anti-God culture, and as a result, God has blessed me for it. Because I believe that Jesus really was a fence. I believe that. Hallelujah. Well, Pastor, they were limiting people to 10 folk in church. Yeah, I had a big praise team during those days. I had a huge praise team. Amen. And Jesus was a... It was offense. No, I'm saying, do you have the, 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 the conviction, the courage of your convictions when it comes down to everybody believes Jesus is a healer? Amen. Until something get on you, then you got to walk out, Isaiah 53 and 5. And you should be able to do that with ease because it's not according to your ability anyway. It's not your power that heals you, it's the power of God working through you. That gets the job done. Are you going to say amen this morning? So the whole conclusion of the matter at the end of the day is we should reverence God. And then number two, we should do what class? Keep his commandments. You automatically go to the 10 commandments. Don't do that. You should do that. But there are other commandments like who will go? Who shall I send? A commandment. You're going in a grocery store. God says share Christ with that person. Are you in too much of a rush? One of my wife's precious service people that she went to for a service this week. Amen. <clears throat> Spirit of God got on her to begin to share Jesus in Christ and all these kinds of things. And, and, and I think my wife took that as a commandment. Y'all, and, and we're not gonna, you know, point anybody out because we believe in an anonymity over here and don't want anybody to feel uncomfortable. But there's enough people in here for me to, you know, put it this way. Well, that individual's in church today. Because maybe if God was trying to get a word to her or get her in a good church, maybe this is her church. She can pray about it. Maybe it's not. We don't put pressure on people. But at least we know that God wanted my wife to say something. Yeah. Yeah. So did she keep his commandment? Yeah. Yeah. You know, not I mean, Christians forego the commandment of, Deuter- of, of Matthew 28 every week. Many of you in this room, you have no intentions. To tell anybody about Jesus next week. Goose egg zero. You have no intentions to try to have somebody in church on Thursday night. And I'm telling you, you take this however you want. God is not pleased with that. He said if the gospel be hid, it is hid to those that are lost. And some years ago, I preached a message that was so dynamic. It was so good. I preached it here. I preached it in Houston as well. But it was called don't hide the gospel. And do you know that you can be a co-conspirator with the kingdom of darkness? God is trying to get somebody out of something devastating. And you are his agent. You're the one in the earth realm where he the Holy Ghost is saying, say something, please. She only has three days to live. Amen. You don't know who you're talking to on any given day. You don't know who you bumped into at Applebee's. Amen. That if they don't hear this gospel on Monday and get here by Thursday, they're going to be in a train wreck. By Friday. Do you know some people one more encounter with their abusive boyfriend means death? Uh Oh, See, now you're starting to get my point on how it's not always about your new car. But if you get them out, if you if you get them to church in time, if you if you can get them to the kingdom of God in time, maybe they'll hear a message like this and they'll make a decision to not go back. Maybe they'll get born again right in the nick of time. I don't mean no harm, y'all, but we've had people come to this ministry. Some of you know the stories. Amen. Who God called out of the audience, brought down here at the altar. And I'm saying within 30 days, they were dead. That is true stories, plural. What was God trying to do? Get them out of something. And in many cases, they came one time and didn't come back. And then we heard about it. Was God trying to find a, a man? The day that you hear my voice, what are you to do? Harden not your heart. Because you don't know what you're missing goes in two different directions. When you join with God, you miss danger seen and unseen. Uh-oh. When you don't join with God, there are benefits and pleasures that you miss out on that you would have had. But because you forego the relationship with God, you can't have. Because Satan is the accuser of the brethren and he's going to find reason to bring accusation against you so that God can't bless you the way that he wants to. No, God, you said no good thing would you withhold from them that walk up. Right before me. No, he he she just slept with her boyfriend last night. They don't qualify for the blessing. Yeah. Somebody say you don't know what you're missing. But when you get on the Lord's side and you say, now, look here, I I can't do this no more, girl. No, no, no. If we're going to do this again, it's going to be under the confines of marriage. And and right now, I'm not so sure I need to get married because I just need to get separate and aside and get my mind right. I'm going to go meet Jesus. I'm going to go get discipled. I'm going to grow in the things of God. And then I'll know in nine months whether or not I should be getting married. You don't need to wait for me because I'm in a season of being cleansed. I'm in a season of getting my life together. Is there anybody in the room that's in a season of getting your life together? I, 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 I don't want to be like the world anymore. I want to get my... Because if I get my life together in time, I don't know what I just missed. I don't even know what I missed. Yo, there were things that the devil had planned for my life that I know because I got born again in the nick of time. I missed yes. what would have occurred. Because I got in the fold in time. I know the kingdom of darkness said shucks. If we could have kept him six more months, we'd have killed him. We had him right where we wanted him. Oh, y'all ain't saying nothing. He he was one more relationship away from a damnable situation. But we but he got out. Aren't you glad you got out in the nick of time? I said, Aren't you glad you got plucked from the fire? Somebody shout hallelujah about that. So I'm learning something then as we start to talk about you don't even know what you're missing. Are you all enjoying this? I'm learning something that the Bible says that people will be lovers of pleasure more than God. That's 2 Timothy 3 and 4. Don't turn there. But they would be lovers of pleasure more than God. So if that's true, if that's a last day cancer, we need to start dealing with the hearts of Christian to love God more than anything in this world. And if we get you loving God with all the right motives and with all the right hearts, amen, fearing him, keeping his commandments, no matter what happens next, y'all, when the good stuff is coming, you good. Man, if it start raining a little bit, you good. Because your relationship is not fair-weathered. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Hallelujah. You don't bless the Lord just because blessings are occurring. You bless the Lord because of the relationship you have with him. And I'll give you a good reason right here. And if nothing else good happens, and it will, but if it did not, man, the rapture is going to come get you. You are going to heaven any moment now. And if for no other reason, I'd stay with the Lord for that right there. I'd stay with him for that. Somebody shout glory. Glory. That's the revelation, y'all. Are you still with me or am I boring you? You weren't created primarily for your purposes. That those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for us. Look at Colossians 1 and 16, and we're going to talk about this rich young ruler, ruler. Lord, help me to get there. Y'all still with me? You still got the bandwidth for all of this? Are you getting anything out of this? Come on, I'm a Bible teacher. I want to walk you through. Bible says in Colossians 1 16, for by him all things were created, capital H, by God. All things were what? Created. created. That are where? In heaven, and that are what? On earth. Where are you? Right. So who are you created by? <clears throat> Him. Visible and invisible. What would be an example of something that's in heaven and invisible? Angels. What would be an example of something that's in the earth and invisible? Angels. The Bible does say that the angels of the Lord Are in camp around about them that fears him and they do what? Deliver. Do you know that there is an angel up here with me now? (laughs) Yes. Guys, if you didn't have angels, you'd be in danger every day of your life. People would be running red lights. All kinds of stuff would be happening. But as they did a a lot. Amen. They snatch you from stuff. There's a drunk driver that can't even leave home when you getting on the road. Good God almighty. <clears throat> Why? Because you got what? You got you got help. Right. But God created those invisible things. Rather thrones or dominions, principalities, which is a form of the heavenly powers. Amen. A principality is not always wicked. Amen principality is simply the unseen realm and we understand we fight against principalities as well those are principalities of darkness are y'all seeing that but or dominions or principalities or powers this is my favorite line all things were created through him but this is it through him and for him for him for him, yeah. for him. is anybody still here yeah. so why were you created no come on on this side why were you created for him. For him. For him. Why do you work at company XYZ Incorporated? For them. You work for them. Isn't that right? You sign up for God. You were created for his glory. You were created for his use. You have been given a certain time span. We know maximum time span. Genesis six would be one hundred and twenty years if a person were to live that long. But whatever time span you have on in the earth realm in this day and in this hour, in this system. Amen. Those are precious years. Life is as a vapor. God made you to get something done in the earth realm and you should not go 30 years figuring that out. Because your life is meaningful and God needs a few good men. Did I tell you I'm being a recruiter. He needs a few good men to sign up for his army. What happens when God finds a man? So ultimately, this is really important because if we get in thankfulness, thankfulness is the motivation for being used by God. If you keep yourself in appreciation, you will be apt to obey him. Keep yourself in appreciation for being on the team. You will be apt to what? Obey him. Now, let's look at this sovereign tree of God concept. First Chronicles 29 and 14 and teach it right. But who am I? Everybody say appreciation. Appreciation. Excuse me. Who am I and who are my people? This is King David that we should even be able to offer so willingly as this. This is how you ought to look at your life. For God, everything that I am, Every material good that I have, all things come from you. It all started with you. It's your money. Y'all ain't going to get with me. Is this okay? Is this okay, class? All things come from you. And God, when I give, yes, my money, but right now I'm talking about your life. When I give my life up, amen, Of your own, we have given you. Whoever wrote that song, uh, it's your breath and our lungs, and we pour out our praise. Y'all, they was on to something. You are only breathing in the oxygen in the air that God has provided. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Put you in the wrong atmosphere, you won't last two minutes. Are you listening to me? So when I give the Lord my life, and it wasn't even specific in scripture, let everything that hath breath. Now, praising the Lord is not just hallelujah on Sunday morning. Praising the Lord is, Lord, take my life and do something with it. Use me for your glory. Praise you on Monday by telling 18 people about you. I'll praise you on Tuesday by helping somebody through depression. I'll praise you on Wednesday. When I fast and pray and dedicate myself to you, because you might want to get a word to somebody and they might not be spiritual enough to hear it. But you can get it to them through me. I hope I'm doing okay this morning. Are you enjoying the leftovers? And see what I like about good leftovers, you know, when you take that turkey out and it's good in season, sometimes you do put some new sauce on it. I'm, I'm just putting some 57 on this today. This is going to really make the meal come alive. Is that OK? So what, what about this, this concept then of the benefits? If you're writing, joining God's team ultimately leads to two things. It leads, as we taught a week ago, two weeks ago, to number one, temporal rewards. We'll flash that list at the end. And then it leads, number two, to eternal heavenly rewards. Temporal rewards and what? Eternal heavenly rewards. I want you to understand the the recruiter or, or the company that's trying to hire you today. Who's trying to bait you in? I want you to understand the magnitude of the God that's trying to get you on his side. You're already in First Chronicles 29. Can we look at it, class? Verse number 12 says it so well. It says both honor or rather both riches and honor come from you. Can y'all put that on the screen sound booth? Both riches and honor. First Chronicles 29 and 12 come from who? <coughs> you. Who's the you capital Y? God. Can we read God's resume? This is true sovereignty of God. And you reign over all. I love this. In your hand is power and might. Now, please don't miss this. Temporal benefits and eternal benefits. In your hand, it is to make great. God, in your hand, you have the ability to make me great. And then he said in Genesis 12, he said, I'd make your name great. I'm gonna help some business owners in here. Boy, you dedicate that company to the Lord. You'll be all across the 50 states. Hallelujah. He will make your name. He will spread that company like wildfire. And that's true sovereignty of God is that we would understand that when you pick God and you get in his plan and you work his will, amen, not sovereignty, i.e. I wanted you to be sick. So I put sick on you. God doesn't put sick on anybody. God didn't put an accident on anybody. The thief only comes to Steal, kill and destroy. But the Bible says that it is in God's hand, according to his providential plan over your life to do what? To make you great and to give what? Strength to all. So what does God want for you? His absolute best. Prosperity and favor and abundance that comes with being on his team. I want to show you, I think, one more scripture, and then I'm just about done. I'm going to give you those four points again. Is that okay? So what's this concept, Pastor, of you don't even know what you're missing? Let's look at this rich young ruler. He was so popular that he showed up in at least three of the Gospels. Everybody paid attention to his story. And I want to look at it through Matthew's lens today. Let's go to Matthew 19, 21 through 22, and I think this is going to be it. I think. (coughs) Then we're going to look at 28. But Matthew 19, 21. One day I'm going to preach this text. Jesus said, if you want to be perfect. (laughs) Hallelujah. How many of y'all know we're not perfect, but we can strive for it? But over in Matthew 19, 21, let's cap the message off right here and that'll be about enough. The Bible says Jesus said to him, and this is the rich young ruler. All right. Now, he had kept all these commandments. Now, my whole theme of you don't even know what you're missing. This man is brilliantly rich, doing quite well. And I want you to see what proposition Jesus gives him. Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect, go and sell what you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come and join Jesus Incorporated. Sell that company and come and follow me. Dedicate it all to me. Take the seed, sow it into the kingdom of God, dedicate it to me, amen, and follow me and join Jesus Incorporated. This was his job interview. This was his proposition. But when the young man heard that saying, What saying? I asked you a question this morning. What is it that Jesus has asked you to do that is offensive? Because when the young man heard that saying, the Bible said he went away. He didn't even know what he was missing. When he turned his back on the son of the living God and decided that what he was offering him was, was was nowhere in comparison to what he already had. How many of y'all know he missed God? Yeah. Now, quick debriefing on this whole business of treasures in heaven. We're going to show you how this young man right here would have been much more profitable, both in the natural and eternally. Let's deal with the natural first, because when he sold, when he gave to the poor and followed Jesus, amen, Paul said, Not that I desire a gift. But I I desire that increase will abound to your what heavenly account. And when you got money and resources in your heavenly account, how many of y'all know you can make a withdrawal on earth whenever you need it? So he was going to be blessed in the temporal realm. But if you read Luke nine, we don't have time for all this today. Jesus told the original 12. He said, don't take anything for your journey. He said, don't even take money. Why? Because I'm going to pay your salary. I am the son of the living God. Philip asked the Doug question. He said, will you? Jesus starts off, tells him, hey, when you see me, you've seen the father. Next thing Philip says, well, will you show us the father? <laughs> they never got the revelation of who they were dealing with. Jesus was the father incarnate. He had all the heaven's resources. And my God, if he could get money out of a fish's mouth, what else could he have done? For this young man. Are y'all still here? Or are you bored? The young man heard this saying. He went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. And then uh, the boys got upset. They said, boy, who can have anything? Hard for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Verse number 28. Don't have time for it. Let's go. Amen. Verse number tw- or 24. Verse number 28. Jesus said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, what would the young man have gotten? In the regeneration When the son of man is on the throne of his glory. Do you all know what the regeneration is when we all get to heaven? When it's all wrapped up and we live eternally with Jesus. Listen to the rewards. And you and I are going to see this one day that what we call the apostles of the lamb. Let's look at what Peter, James, John, Bartholomew and the rest of the 12 all have to look forward to. And this rich young ruler had he bit the hook. Jesus said to them, "Assuredly, I say to you that in the regeneration, when the son of man sits on the throne of his glory, you who have followed me. Come on, class. You who have what? Me. Now this is specifically for these 12. But you who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones. Judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Who is that for? The 12 disciples. You who have followed me. Why is that in context of the rich young ruler in the same storyline? Guys, do what you want with this. I believe that Jesus was choosing Judas's replacement. Because he said, I chose all 12 of you and one of you is a devil. I know he's going to hang himself. I'm trying to get the guy that's going to take his spot. (laughs) He would have been the rich young ruler with his rich self would have been one of the 12. Good God almighty. And let's look at what he missed out on because we never knew his name, <laughs> much like we do Peter. You know, Peter got a book named after him. He's still in heaven getting royalties. <laughs> These boys got books. A lot of them got books after. him. Well, this fellow didn't get anything. But what did he miss? He would have been in the book of Acts. He would have been one of the chief apostles of the church. Are you all getting this? All right. So he says that uh, this is what these young men get when they get to heaven. Now, pastor, related to us, both heavenly and eternal. Look at verse number 29 and I'm closing. I hope I'm not doing too much. And these 12 would have had these positions. But for you out there, everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or fathers. See, some of you teach this, pastor. You just can't get over your family. Oh God. Oh, speaking of COVID, when everybody who was spirit filled was still gathering and your family scrutinized you. You just had to please mama. It's quiet. It's quiet. You just can't get over your family. If family tells you something, you gotta go with. You gotta go. Yeah, I don't know why y'all are quiet. I'm gonna preach it anyway. <laughs> he said, everyone who left houses and then he dealt with blood relatives, brothers sisters or fathers or mothers what if your wife goes off the rail what if she leaves God anybody that deals with God properly children lands for my sake shall do what receive I love it when a lesson comes together a hundredfold and inherit Eternal life. Mark says, "In this lifetime and the lifetime to come, if you're excited about your temporal and eternal rewards, you ought to shout hallelujah right there." What yeah. no, I'm saying, shout hallelujah! I'm saying right here, yeah. all because I sign up with Jesus. Yeah. What a proposition! Yeah. I get to be with the Son of the Living mm-hmm. God. You don't even know. What you're missing? When you turn your back on God's proposition, when God says do this, sow this, go here. I met a young lady. I was with my wife. She was a waitress. We were eating and I know it was appointed by God. So many things started connecting. I said, listen, I believe God is, is pulling on your heart. I think he wants you to come check out what we're doing. I believe it's going to take your life up, up, up and up. OK. And even through this live. And I hope she does come. Uh, <clears throat> but we'll keep her anonymous. I said, you know, and I'm telling you, I know you seeking and you, you want to do better financially and all that kind of good stuff. You know, we, we got hiring managers in our church. It's a, it's a lot of people that could help improve your quality of life. Y'all, what is that but an opportunity? Yeah, 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 yeah. And when you don't bite the bait and come, you don't even know. <laughs> so how she know this Sunday after church I wasn't gonna say come here, come here, let me introduce you to somebody. This is sister. She is looking for. I don't tell everybody everything, but I, I had one of my members, good members, last week call me. I'm talking about great roles, Pastor. Do you know anybody that could fulfill da 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 da? You don't even know. Come on, y'all. It gets silent on these points. You know why? And it should. It's not a hoop in Sunday because this is sobering. We sober down and we hanker down and we say, God, what am I missing? Do you know it's the mercies of God that you don't know what you're missing? Because if you saw a flash of everything God wanted to do, if you just said yes, man, you put a hole in some drywall. He said, shucks, I could have been married. (laughs) You don't even know what you're missing. Shucks, I'd have been a millionaire by now just by saying you You don't even know what you're missing. What if the pastor calls for a conference and says to every member, meet me here all week long and you come half the week. And on Friday night was the night when the prophetic came in. And God was getting ready to speak prophetically through one of the men of God that night. And you just sat that service out. Because, you know, after all, you, you, you had to get a pedicure that night. That couldn't wait till next week. You don't even know. You don't even know. Let's put some grace on this message because some of y'all are going to leave here. Lord, I missed it all. <laughs> I done missed it, Jesus. <laughs> Please do a new thing in me. I done missed it all. No, you didn't miss it all. Amen. So let's put a little grace on this thing, man. And let's let's let you go. I think this is enough. And um, are you getting anything out of this, though? I can't I can't rush through this because ultimately we're only missing it because it's something that Jesus asked us to do that we're unwilling to do. But I want you to read a verse that you may have read too fast in the past. Let's look at Jacob in Genesis 28. 16, 17. Then let's wrap up and then team get ready, put all four points on the board and we're getting we're getting out of here. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know it. Look at verse number 17. We're going to read it again. And he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? Do you identify places where the Lord is easily? How awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is I love that phrase, the gate of heaven. This is where God does heavenly transactions. I don't miss church at KCC because this is one of those. This is one of those portals. This is where God does heavenly transactions. I mean, people come over here and get healed of cancer. This, this one of those gates. This is one of those places where the power of God can really, really, really move. Amen. So excited about your testimony. Sweet lady sitting to my left, y'all, heart condition most of her life. We did a prayer a few weeks ago, laid hands. Y'all remember that service? We said, go back to the doctor. She went back to the doctor. There's not a trace of the heart condition she had. Sister Nikki, that heart condition is 100% gone. And the word from the clinicians is that condition does not reverse itself. And I say that is true. It don't reverse itself. God reverse. Y'all getting this? God reverses it without any part of it being left behind. But do you recognize the what? The gate of heaven, the place. Now, pastor, how does that put any mercy on it if I missed him? This is my last scripture, y'all. Verse 16, I'm done. You all been very patient? I'm done. Jacob woke from his sleep, and you're a theolog, so you'll, you'll understand this. I used to quote this verse by heart and say, surely the Lord was in this place, and I did not know it. Good God Almighty. That's what I used to say. I, I used to quote it by heart. See, that's why you got to read the whole word. And I, I'd say, you know what? Surely the Lord was here. He used to be here, and I wasn't even aware of it. But for somebody in the room that needs a little bit of grace, can we put it back in the room? Jacob awoke from his sleep and did not say the Lord was here. He said, surely the Lord he- Tell your neighbor he's still here. He said, Oh, if you're in this service today, there's still a chance that you can still not miss it for the rest of your life. Oh, I'm going home. But some, somebody high five. Tell him he's still here. I still got a shot. I, I don't have to miss it again. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, stand to your feet. That's awesome. <laughs> Hallelujah. Woo! Boy, for those of us in this room that blew it, Aren't you glad you got a blank canvas? I'm saying you were in the wrong relationship, but aren't you glad you got a blank canvas? Look at somebody and say, The Lord's still here, He's still here. I'm done. No, tell them He's still here. And if they don't get excited about it, let them sit there, find somebody who needs a little grace and tell them the Lord is still here. Hey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> That's enough. Pastor, you don't know what I blew the first 20 years of my life. I know what the grace of God can do. That's right. You don't know how I messed it up in college. I know that God is here after college. Hallelujah. You don't know how much money I ran through. Oh, baby, don't get lost on money. Hallelujah. The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. He'll quadruple that. He'll give you all that back and then some. Because the Lord is still... Good God Almighty. Micah said, "Though I fall, I shall arise. Yeah. Oh, hallelujah. Wow. Glory to wow. God. Because the Lord is. Yeah. <laughs> hallelujah. Yeah. Woo! Hallelujah. hallelujah. If that don't bless nobody else, i declare it blesses me. Father, for anything I might have missed in my life, Lord, I call it all back in in the name of Jesus. Because God, I believe I receive that you're still here. And you want me to have it. Any instruction you've been trying to get to me, you want me to know about it. Help me to not miss it. Lord, you're still here. And I want to discern your presence now in Jesus name. Amen. We're getting ready to go down from this place. Amen. But if you're here and you don't know Jesus, come on down.